Welcome everyone to Flyover Footy. My name is Matt Baker. I'm joined as always by Santiago Beltran, and we have an incredibly special flyover fallout for you this week. Coming off the heels of the big rivalry match against Sporting Kansas City, and it was everything we could have hoped for. If I'm sounding excited, it's because I can't stop smiling after the match we witnessed on Saturday night. A 4 nothing shellacking of Sporting Kansas City. We we showed our rivals from the West exactly what soccer is like in St. Louis, and we sent them packing to Kansas. Santi, how are you doing after the match? Doing great, Matt. Really, really excited. Uh, what a night. St. Louis get, taking the Clásico and showing Kansas City that they are here to to stay. Obviously, there will be two more installment, ins, installments of the Clásico, but for now, St. Louis is winning that battle. And this, whether you call it a soccer capital, a soccer city, like I said, uh, like I said, the night of the match, it it's all marketing, and we showed them on the field who the better team is right now, and that's that's all that matters at this point. So yeah, what a, what a bounce back game by St. Louis! Uh, absolutely, two teams in different like sporting kc undefeated in three games city had lost its last three so um great way to bounce back in a classico so yeah those games are always different and st louis knew it and did great yeah and some of the things we'll touch on here in a little bit were some of those comments from some players and coaches as far as rising to the occasion understanding the importance of this match and our players delivered everything that we wanted them to to accomplish against Sporting Kansas City. They knew what this match was and what it meant to the fans. So let's dig into it. Let's go. Let's start with the starting lineup. I think coming off of the Chicago match and having Johnny Nelson suspended with a red card, we had some questions that we talked about last week on flyover of, are we going to go to a back three? Are we going to slide in Pedro in left back? And honestly, we saw a little bit of both. So the lineup we ran out was more or less a 4-2-3-1 with Kyle Hebert at left back, Tim Parker, Lucas Bartlett, our center backs, Jake Nerwinski, a right back, Jabulu Blome, Edward Leuven starting in the midfield. And then our attack was Jared Stroud, Indiana Vasilev, Celio Pompeu, and Nico Joachini, where the notables for me, obviously this was our 12th different lineup in 12 MLS matches, I believe our 14th different in all competitions. But the biggest, the biggest things in the starting lineup are Kyle Hebert starting at left back, and Indiana Vasilev again in the attack, but there was also the lack of Klaus in general from the game day roster. And real quick, before we touch on the players who did play, wanted to note that there was a quote from Bradley Carnell after the match saying that Klaus was pretty close. He said, I think in a pinch if we had to, but again, Klaus is not a robot and we need robot performance from him. We trusted a lot in our teammates and Klaus was you know, honest enough to say that this is not the right one. He could have been pushed, with all the emotions and energy and willingness because he wants to be back as soon as possible. And we pushed him a little bit yesterday, meaning Friday, and he just didn't feel right. So part of it is getting over it physically, and the next challenge is mentally now. Am I ready to go? Am I ready to go 100%? So I think that's what we're going to look for, Santi, in this coming week is can Klaus get over that final hurdle and be available to go against Vancouver next week? But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's talk about Kyle Hebert at left back. Let's talk about Indiana Vasilev up top. What did you think when you saw this lineup? Well, when I saw Heber as left back, obviously Carnell had had been talking about it uh, during the week. Like, yeah, we may have a surprise at left back, and I think the last player I thought about, to be honest, was Kyle Heber. So when I saw the line, I was like, oh wow, Kyle Heber is going to be left back, um, most likely um, 
they want him to contain Johnny Russell, so mm-hmm. he's probably not going to support the attack much. And then, like, 10 minutes into it, he had already been way up there, like, two or three times. Like, wow, so high. this is yeah. amazing, yeah. So it was great to see his his performance. And uh, he held his own against um, Johnny Russell, too. So that was great to see. Yeah, I love the 1v1s that he had against Johnny Russell, really, really preventing him from getting wide. And and Hebert was able to move inside and allow just enough space. So he wasn't he wasn't creating too much space by purposefully staying out wide. I thought he did a great job at left back. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't address the elephant in the room, the fact that Pedro didn't get the start in this position. And we have, we talked in length, I think, about some of the comments Bradley Carnell had regarding Selmer Pedro's performances, how he, he needs to work with him regularly and, and get him to a point where they feel confident and comfortable. And so last week when we heard Carnell talk about those who were um, at their best, in form, healthy, all of those things that, that went into what the roster would look like, there was something that obviously wasn't there with Pedro that they felt comfortable running him out. And having not seen any time in the match in general, I think that reinforced a little bit. It's disappointing from an individual perspective, but even with Hebert never playing the outside back position, I think it was clearly the right call given all of the circumstances and the individual performances that we saw. Yeah, great performance by him. And and Carnell said it um, post-game that, uh, as you said, that they are trying to play the guys that are in great form, training well. And um, that was part of the decision uh, making to to put Heber in that position. And he did great. And another attacking performance by Indiana Vasilev. So having Jared Stroud, Celia Pompeu, Nico Joachini, guys who we've become familiar with in the attack with Klaus out especially. But now that you have a healthy Jabulu Blom back, you're able to have him go almost a full 90. So he's getting two-thirds of a match in. That's allowing a guy like Edward Leuven to be unlocked and move higher up. And then when you have that almost a triangle of our midfield where you have Indiana Vasilev high up near Nico Joachini, it created so much real creativity, honestly, in our attack. And it allowed so many different looks and so many different types of runs that Indiana Vasilev with his his high level of individual talent was creating on and off the ball in both goal score, well, three different goal scoring chances, really, the one that led to the PK as well. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on all the goals in a minute, but just a, a fantastic performance. And when you saw that from Indiana Vasilev, one thing we're going to touch on is that impact that he had, I think, to Nico Joachini. For sure, yeah. I think uh, the fact that um, he was just playing like behind Nico gave Nico more space and um, more opportunities to to get open and and um, also like open a space uh, for St. Louis City to continue the attacking. And um, great performance by Basilev. It's great to see him uh, on his natural position. He had he he had good games uh, playing a defensive midfielder, but now seeing the potential he has as an attacking midfielder is is great. It's one more weapon the team has, and now with Jabula Blom back in form, um, I think we'll see more of Indiana Basilev playing as attacking midfielder. 
Yeah, and we'll talk about his player of the game performance and the stats that went into it. But you hit it spot on, Santi, is the the versatility that this gives us now. We knew he had the potential coming into St. Louis City as an attacking midfielder. It's where we projected him. But now seeing it in action and seeing the depth we have in central midfield, the way Indiana can slot in and really unlock a lot of potential in our offense without Klaus and Alm. Can you imagine when Klaus and Alm return and if we have this in-form Indiana Vasilev in at, at central attacking midfield with potentially Jared Stroud or Celio Pompeo out there, the depth that this gives our attack, and it allows even if we were in a scenario where, let's say, uh, Jabulu Blom or Edward Leuven need to sub out or one or both, you have an Indiana Vasilev who can slide back if he's the one who's in form and fit at the moment with more attacking options up front. The, the thing that we've talked about over the past few games in lack of depth in certain areas seems to be resolved, not necessarily resolved entirely, but you can see that light at the end of the tunnel, right? Where, where Klaus and Alm return, if you get everybody else to stay healthy, there's a lot of potential in our midfield and in our attack with all of these players. Yeah, and obviously you will always have injuries, but you, I'm just thinking like, if everybody's healthy, including when Nilsson is back, uh, imagine the potential. But there will always be injuries or guys that um, are suspended due to uh, yellow car accumulation or red cars. But um, I think uh, that depth question, um, now we're starting to see some answers to that. Uh, so that's great to see. Yeah, so let's dig into the stats before we dig into the goals. So coming into this match, we knew that it was going to be um, a juxtaposition of styles. We knew what St. Louis offered. Kansas City offered a more possession-based, uh, moving the ball around, getting into the attacking third before creating some of those those runs in the middle. But I think the the way it played out was almost magnifying both of those sides. The possession at the end of the game, 34% to St. Louis, 66% to Kansas City, vastly different even from what St. Louis is used to. So St. Louis comes in, came into the match rather with a 45% average possession, Kansas City with a 49 average. 66% possession by any one team is wild. And for Kansas City to have that spoke to two factors. One is the ability, I think, for St. Louis to play their style and for it to be effective. But then getting those goals early played really heavily into that. And so early on in the first 10 or 15 minutes, I was making comments that it was pretty noticeable that Kansas City was trying to get St. Louis to, to possess the ball. They were trying to get St. Louis to make their own plays and do things that other teams had been forcing us to do in this, in this difficult stretch. And Unlike before, whether you attribute it to the personnel or the, the rivalry matchup, just being in the moment, St. Louis was able to be highly successful in this match compared to previous ones, getting those goals in 19 and 25 minutes that completely changed the game and forced Kansas City to then fall back and take the ball and, and play a more amplified version of their style. And so in that where you see some of these other stats being really magnified, such as the passing. So St. Louis came into this match averaging 354 total passes. Depending on whether you look at MLS or FB Ref, whatever site you're looking at, we had anywhere from 250 to 277 total passes. That is, that is massively low compared to our average and where we've talked about where St. Louis is most successful in that 300 range. All of the total passes that we gave up 
were absorbed by Kansas City, where they came into it averaging about 450, 458, and they had around 555 total passes. That, that along with their 66% possession, that tells the story of how the game flow went. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis uh, up to goals after 25 minutes. Obviously, that changes how the game develops. And uh, at that point, Sporting KC was was pushing to, to at least get a goal. But uh, before the goals, and, and you alluded to that a little bit, um, like St. Louis was able, able to resolve uh, that problem that we saw in our games when, when teams just basically say, hey, here's the ball, attack me. And uh, I saw something really different yesterday. Um, previous games, I saw a lot of a lot of long balls. St. Louis trying to be vertical, but yesterday they were more patient with the ball, um, playing side to side, uh, finding the moment. So I really like that adjustment, and that shows um, that the team can adjust to uh, to teams kind of giving them the ball and just yep. trying to see what they can do with the ball. So great adjustment by Carnell and the staff. Yeah, and the the successes that they had in the midfield, that speaks not just to the passing, but the physicality. So we won some of those key battles that we had been losing and that we are, we're familiar with winning. So in our, in our wins, we're always heavy in the tackles, the interceptions, the clearances, and th- this game was no different. St. Louis won the tackle battle 29 to 13. We won the interception battle 13 to 8. And we had more clearances, 19 to 12. So on both sides of the ball, where you're trying to you're trying to go at those 1v1 duels, you're trying to block and prevent their passing network, you're just having to clear the ball out when they get into those attacking third positions. Each one of those speaks to, I think, success at different levels of the field, whether you're in the midfield or whether you're in your own defensive third. How many times did we have Tim Parker and Lucas Bartlett clear the ball out from kind of wide positions in the box where the Sporting Kansas City was trying to get their connecting passes after possessing in the final third. And St. Louis was putting themselves in the perfect position to be able to clear those balls and then play either a set piece defense, which was great and well done in the set pieces that Kansas City had. You can see some moments of the positioning where they've learned from previous mistakes. You had an Edward Leuven and you had an Indy Vasilev blocking a, a, a back post, for instance, in some of the corners. And just all of the, the ways that they built upon each one of those stats, each one of those areas of the field that they had success in. So the the levels worked extremely well from the back line to the midfield. It was all very tight and compact, and everybody was working well as a team to put all these stats together. And the last thing I think I want to look at on the team-based stats before we get into the goals, Santi, is the passing network. So looking at what MLS offers as far as the average positions of players when you pass the ball. This was fascinating to me because like we mentioned earlier, Kyle Hebert coming in at left back, we expect him to be a little a little more reserved, so to speak, in a, a typical center back role out on the left where his responsibility is to prevent Johnny Russell from really being dangerous. But what we saw in the passing network was almost the opposite of that, where Hebert was aggressive. He was putting himself high up the field in a position to meet Johnny Russell head on in the midfield battle and prevent him from being a factor in a lot of ways before needing to drop back after they get possession. The other, the other big thing, and I know we, it, it basically goes with our lineup discussion is Jablu Blom was, was deep in front of the back line. He was that traditional destroyer, that traditional number six playing that role of clearing everything out of the midfield, did it to a T we'll talk about it with the goal, but the it stopper. also, 
the stopper. Exactly. <laughs> Everything he needed to be, he was in this match. And it allowed Edu Leuven, it allowed Indy Vasilev to be higher up on the field doing what they needed to do in their positions. Leuven with that box-to-box role, kind of connecting the back line and connecting the attack. And Indiana Vasilev, a full-on participant right up next to Nico Giochini underneath, unlocking those runs with Giochini, Ostrak, Stroud. All of those things are amplified and, and really presented in this passing network. And we were wider than I think I was expecting us to be. Our attacking mids, Celia Pompeo and Jared Stroud, from for most of the game, did have a lot wider roles in this. And the success of our midfield in those high-level individual performances is what enabled that to me. And we talked last week about the need to have high-level individual performances to start to right the ship. That was shown. It allowed so much to happen from it. And it was just great, if a little abnormal, to see for me. Yeah, yeah, it was just a very complete game by um, everybody. And um, it's great to see the team back to uh, the winning ways. And um, with the stretch of games at home, St. Louis could continue continue uh, building and uh, getting points and getting um, closer to the top of the table. But it's great to see the team bouncing back and the players knew this game was important. Uh, the coaching staff knew this game was important for the fans. Um, they downplayed it a little bit during the week, but uh, I think uh, deep inside they knew that this was one of those games that you have to win one way or another. And, and the team uh, stepped up and competed and was able to um, to stop um, the streak that um, Sporting KC brought to uh, City Park. Yeah, let's let's talk about one of those quotes before we get into the goals, because we're going to talk about the goals for a bit. Each one of them had their own unique and uh, pageantry about them. But to that point about the players realizing the gravity and understanding it, Nico Giochini was one of the players who had a, a perfectly put quote because this was kind of personal to him, having grown up in Kansas City. He said after the game, I usually say it's a game like all the others, but it wasn't. You know, I came prepared for this game to do what I do best. And I was going to take no prisoners with me today. You know, let's say they had the chance to take me when I was young and they didn't. So, you know, it's a good feeling to come back and be able to score against the side who has also been doing decently the past few games. They picked up a little more. So to be able to shut them down here at home under such circumstances is wonderful. And boy, if that doesn't tell you from a personal level how these players are able to internalize what's going on around them, and especially for a guy like Nico Joachini, who's gone through as rough of a stretch personally and individually on the field as the team has. It's almost as Nico goes, so goes the team, it seems to an extent. And to see him able to take the gravity of the situation personally and uh, community-based and turn in the performance that he did with the goal, with the contributions, and a lot of the key passes that he had, that was incredible to see from him. Yeah, it was great to see um, him bouncing back after a few games where um, he didn't do what was expected. And I, I just think, thinking about it, I go back to um, the quotes from Roman Berkey um, after the last game saying that it wasn't working with Nico there that they were expecting that to work, but it wasn't. But yesterday it was um, different. Uh, and as you said, I think having Basilev with him, I think that really made a difference and allowed um, Celio and Stroud to uh, to play it on the on the wings and 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 do damage there instead of um, 
trying to do something different to find ways for Nico to score. So great performance by everybody. But Nico, a hometown kid from Kansas City mm-hmm. and uh, scoring against uh, Sporting KC, that, that has to be very special for him. Bradley Carnell had a, a quote, and we didn't talk about this before recording, but I think it's important to note what you said about Berkey's comment, Nico wasn't working up top. Bradley Carnell had a very interesting quote, too, that said in response to uh, in, how important it was for Nico to get back on track. He said, yes, yeah, so we changed a little bit of Nico, recalibrated him a little bit. Carnell said he found that he was coming underneath in too many games, trying to find the game. Working off Klaus, that's what we needed him to do. But being the Klaus now or being the lone target striker, because that's what Nico's role is. Like, let's be honest. That's what he, he still should be, that lone striker being on the field. Carnell said the profile changes. He said the job description, I would say, call it that, changes. So we've been working on him quite a lot over the past 10 days. Carnell says, I would say just trying to keep him on that that back line of, of the defense, running in behind. If he needs to drop, then somebody else needs to have that double movement running him behind. So Carnell said he thought he was on point tonight. That is... In, in a microcosm, tells me the importance of what Indiana Vasilev brought to this game. Because you finally had a person who can be that underneath to Nico Giochini. Whether you want to call him a second striker, as Nico had been to Klaus, whether you want to call him number 10 in a playmaker role, that central attacking midfielder underneath Nico to give Nico the kind of reassurance and confidence that he had somebody underneath and he could make those further runs with success tonight, I think that speaks wonders. And that probably leads directly into the first goal, right? So I think that's a pretty good segue to talk about that first goal at 19 minutes. Before Edu Leuven nailed the PK, Sporting Kansas City was trying to play the ball out of the back. Tim Parker ended up stepping up near midfield, dispossessed Sporting quickly, got the ball to Indiana Vasilev very quickly. This was a, this was a very quick buildup from Parker to Vasilev over to Leuven on the left. And then Leuven found Joachini in the box who had a quick back heel pass, the slick pass to Indiana Vasilev in stride. And Vasilev, as soon as he connected with the ball, was taken down in the box, which just enabled the PK. So that that concept of, it all ties back to what Nico's role is, knowing that he can be a little deeper and have a player like Indiana Vasilev to play right behind him. The back heel tells me he knew exactly where Vasilev was going to be, and he had the yeah. confidence to pull it off. Yeah, great play uh, by Nico, but you, but you have to give credit to uh, Tim Parker and mm-hmm. to the team. Um, and once we go through the goals, we're probably gonna talk about this. Like you could see uh, on that goal, on that play, the the team pressing and and finding the ball, winning the duels, and um, great job by Tim Parker. And then the team um, went on attacking mode quickly and uh, everybody like knew where everybody was and great pass by Nico but great play one thing I wanted to mention right like a few minutes before that um, this also this is also a key moment of the game uh, mm-hmm. Roman Berkey had a great save on yes. the 14 minute uh, from uh, Alan Pulido so those are the saves that are critical to a game and and then after that a few minutes later City uh, created that chance and scored yeah, Berkey's save to his bottom left from a Polito shot that, that beat a couple defenders. That set the tone, I think, for what we were about to see. And and Berkey had a lot of those sprinkled throughout. So having, uh, I think, six or seven saves, depending on, on what you're looking at. Berkey had some massive saves, especially in the second half, but it all started from that first one. 
And so you're right. Once, once we scored in the 19th minute and we talked about how sporting came out and was letting us try to dictate and that changes things. And it changed even further in the 25th minute when, uh, Jabulu Blome, my goodness, that open field tackle that Blome had against sporting Kansas city, winning it right in the middle of the field, turning it over and just sweeping the player over with the ball landing perfectly at Jared Stroud, who was coming in to your point of the way we were pressing them and swarming them. So always pressing the ball and having not just one player, but two where Jabulu Blom was coming from the front or from the side, really. And then Jared Stroud was coming from behind in, in an attacking position, able to recover the ball that Blom uh, was able to, to get from Kansas city. And then Stroud's ability to kind of slide it over to Indiana Vasilev as he's making a cutting run to the left. Vasilev beats Zussi, Graham Zussi, 1v1, going for a, a left-footed shot underneath Kendall McIntosh. That was round two of picture-perfect team passing. Yeah, yeah. Great execution by Vasilev. Great finish. And um, after that, it was a different game. And that's when, when, when you started to see that increased uh, percentage of possession by by sporting kc and all the passes that they had in the game um basically after that it was sporting kc like um trying to go for for a goal and um city like now they had more time to just wait and counter attack so um it was great to see that city was able to basically resolve um or at least a big percentage of the game uh, in 25 minutes. And then um, it was uh, more like wait and see, and, and they, CC, uh, not, not CC, City, chose uh, their moment. <laughs> Freudian slip there, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome because after that, you're right. City was able to choose their moments, and they were able to get into what their style is, which is let the opposing team come at you, pick your pick your battles in your push points, press when you need to, and then counter counterattack. Make sure that you can, and when you do lose the ball, get immediately back onto it with your gag and pressing. And everything that we saw City do after that, allowing Kansas City to get into the attacking third, kind of do what Kansas City does, but because St. Louis knew exactly where they were coming from and what they needed to do, they were able to stay compact. And th this goes back to Blome. This goes back to our back line. And it goes back to some really high individual performances like a seven tackle plus interceptions from Jabulu Blome, having a team high uh, four interceptions from Jabulu Blome, along with among the team high three tackles. Those performances in the midfield to just completely stop the attack. You also had high levels of defensive actions from Tim Parker and Lucas Bartlett. Bartlett himself had four tackles. Jake Nowinski had four tackles. These guys were were putting themselves in positions to prevent the second and third passes from Kansas City. And it all started, I think, from that second goal where St. Louis now wasn't letting up, but they were able to shift or, or at least properly put their defense in the right positions to do what they needed to do in those 1v1s. I was very impressed going into the second half, even before the third goal, how City was able to prevent the second and third passes in SKC's attacking third. They would get it, and you had guys like Celio Pompeu, Jared Stroud even, tracking back and able to dispossess or 
or block shots, whether they went out for a throw in or a corner, Kansas City wasn't getting the ball into some of those dangerous positions. Then they only had, I think, one that I noticed towards the end. And we'll, we'll talk about that Berkey save towards the end on Johnny Russell. But that was kind of it from what they were able to create in the box around there. So massive job by our defense in in staying strong after we went up. Yeah, and back to uh, Celio and Stroud. You don't see that in the stats, but uh, it was great to see what they did defensively too, like going back uh, and trying to support defense and winning those uh, second, third balls. Um, It's great to see that the team was so connected and everybody was doing what they are expected to do in this system. So, um, again, great performance by... uh, Everybody, including Celio and Stroud. And then the third goal at 55 minutes highlighted um, another piece. And it's it's tough to fit them all in on all the positive things to talk about. But Roman Berkey's distribution, again, shined. And boy, if he didn't deserve an assist on this, because MLS, I know. MLS doesn't give you those when the opposing player touches it. Oh, he, he deserved it for all intents and purposes. So Berkey had a long pass out and it, it, it landed at the feet of Sporting Kansas City who they they didn't collect it perfectly. And what it did is it allowed Jared Stroud, who was right near them, to slide tackle the ball into a perfectly in stride Nico Giochini, who ran the rest of the length of the field and chipped it past McIntosh. So aside from Berkey deserving an assist for that, the hard-nosed play by Jared Stroud to recover that and the ability for him to slide the ball into the perfect position for Nico Giochini, who was again playing that up-top striker role in, in where you typically see Klaus and having success when a player underneath him plays the ball to him and plays the ball off of uh, where where it needs to be recovered. That it, it highlights Stroud's importance to this game, but also Nico, great to see him finish one. Yeah, and a great finish by him. And that um, will give him confidence going forward. Um, maybe Klaus will be back for next game, but, but uh, I love that. Nico uh, made those adjustments and uh, I was actually looking at, he also had a, when you were talking about the quote from Carnell, Mm -hmm. uh, Nico was also asked about the adjustments and uh, he said, I had a personal adjustment that I talked to my teammates about, especially Indiana, because you know, he was in the 10th spot today. And I felt like last, last game against Chicago, I squeezed the space by coming in. So today I stayed away a little more, gave him a space to turn into and combine with the midfielders and it worked out. So that's something to keep in mind for the future games. Beautiful. And and it might change with Klaus coming in, but the that adjustment, I wish I think we all wish that kind of adjustment would have come a few games ago, but the fact that it came against Kansas City when we needed it to, when we desperately wanted it to, is that that's so reassuring to see that those kinds of adjustments can be made and it, it it to me highlights something we've talked about on flyover that we had the we had something figured out in those first five games teams figured out a blueprint of sorts to us as twelman put it but then the next evolution of city is how can you figure out the blueprint and so if the answer is indiana vasilev in the attack or creating more space wide with Stroud and Pompey or Alm when he comes back, and then having that that more traditional number ten, or when Nico and Klaus are in together, having Nico drop back, like it, it in some ways was a version of what we had seen before. But the ball movement through the midfield, I think, was one of the bigger differences. And so 
that's going to be something I look forward to as well going forward in ways that we can solve for the blueprint, so to speak. Yeah, and Carnell uh, mentioned this early in the season when when City was in that winning streak. Uh, like uh, some somebody asked him, like, okay, now, like before, teams didn't really know what City will be like and how they will play. Now they have video, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's when the when the chess match starts. Like, yeah, they have video and they know how to play us, but we will make adjustments, and we can see that uh, from last night's game absolutely that's soccer as carnell loves to say yeah yeah so we'd be remiss if we didn't cover that last goal so all of this has led us to three nothing in the 75th minute after we had a substitution thomas ostrak came in for jared stroud and i i thomas ostrak is one of those players that he was signed a year ago year plus ago and coming from fc Cone and having such high expectations i think he, he was the guy who uh, Manuel Veth told us he would expect to get sold on at some point because he, he's still young. He's 23 years old now, and he has such potential in him. And we've seen flashes of it here and there. And and when you have uh, a substitution scenario, even when you're up three nothing, you're just looking for more spark. You're looking for more uh, quick feet. You're looking for fresh legs. You're looking for that continuation of what Jared Stroud had been able to provide us before. And Ostrak magnified that. The We talked about Stroud winning balls. We talked about Stroud's passing. Thomas Ostrak there in the 75th minute, winning the ball at midfield in that quintessential St. Louis pressing scenario where you're putting pressure on the ball as soon as it arrives to a player. Ostrak's able, ability to dispossess and then begin a run that was really impressive from an individual performance it's a high level run taking it from the midfield all the way into the 18 yard box drawing three defenders into him and then the if you watch the highlights this is a thing of beauty seeing Ostrock start wide right with the ball indiana in his number 10 central position and as Ostrock made his run into the box individually indiana vasilev had an underlapping run outside of Ostrock, positioning himself on the opposite side of the defenders from him. And as Ostrak drew in all three of the defenders from the central area, Vasilev unlocked himself on the right to be open, and Ostrak laid off a perfect pass to get Indian Vasilev his brace. Yeah, yeah, it was great to see uh, Ostrak uh, getting that assist, and uh, basically that was all him. Um, he, uh, he recovered the ball, uh, he created the turnover, and then... Um, he uh, created the play, created the space for for Indiana, and great, great finishing by Indiana Vasilev too. So things working great, and uh, I hope um, Ostrak is able to build from this and get his confidence back. Uh, yes. Because you said it, we we have a lot of expectations for him. We saw some of his quality with City Two last year, and. Um, to, on a personal point, um, earlier in the season, somebody was asking, like, um, it was questions like, player with most goals, player with with more most assists, uh, and I had Ostrak as the player with most assists. Um, yeah. uh, because, as, as I said, it, we expect a lot from him because yes. we know he's a quality player, so hopefully he can build from this. Yeah, and that goes to the depth that we have. So the only, to me at this point right now, the only reason he wouldn't see more minutes is the the quality around him. 
depending on when Alm comes back, seeing Indiana in form, having Jared Stroud out there, it's a it's it's just a question of where is he going to find the minutes? Because in his short time last or on Saturday night, 21 minutes played, he only had six touches, but two tackles, one one recovery, and he was able to create that perfect chance out of nowhere. So he made the most of his his few minutes on the field. So credit fully to Ostrock for for making the most of that. But then you have to look at the overall player of the match, and in the voting. I think it was uh, I saw I saw Nico, I saw Edward Leuven, Berkey obviously had a big big number, but I was so very happy to see this go to Indiana Vasilev. His his performance, he had a, a nine star rating on Fop Mob. He played the full 90, he had his brace, he had nine of eleven accurate passes, he only had two shots, and they were both goals. So he made the most of what he was doing. And and able to the what he was able to do for those around him was one of the biggest things for me. How everybody played off of Indiana Vasilev with him in that position said said more to me than anything else. So from an individual, what he did with the ball, but also his ability to play off the ball and do things for those around him. The thing though for me, Santi, that I loved the most were his post game comments. And and to harken back to what Nico Joachini had said about the big game and the personal level. Indiana Vasilev almost is the encapsulation of all of St. Louis in what we wanted to have happen. Like he, he was our vessel in, in going after sporting Kansas city. His post-game comments said, I just want everybody to read that, uh, kind of what he said, what he said was he had a city sweatshirt on. Right. And so it was, it was, it wasn't the branding of the team. It was just one of the, one of the partnership sweaters. And he said, he kind of underlined the all cap city that stretched in front. And he said, city, St. Louis city, soccer capital of the U S I think we were able to prove that tonight. And then he said, even before the game, this is where it really gets me. Even before the game, during the buildup, we hear that our fans don't like sporting Kansas city in turn. We don't like sporting Kansas city. If that doesn't say everything for Indiana Vasilev, because Bradley Carnell talks about how he's the jokester, how he's the he's one of the lighthearted guys in the locker room, but he's aware of everything else going on. He's the player who a week before a week ago before the Chicago Fire game told us that the Chicago Fire are not our rivals. Like that's that's just another game for us. But there's a there's a game coming up that we we want to win. We know that's a rivalry obviously alluding to sporting Kansas city. So his ability to, to be everything that was generated by the St. Louis fans, having him say, you know, we hear you, we, we know that you don't like sporting Kansas city. So that means we don't like sporting Kansas city. So Matt, remember last week at the press conference uh, before Chicago's game that you asked Indy about playing offensive mill offensive mid now that Jabula Bloma was going to be back and he was a little coy about it didn't really say much so well, I'll do what the coaches tell me but I'm sure he really wanted to to play offense you know yes and and all, all goes back to where he expected to be when he came in I loved how coy he was in that just kind of brushing it off saying oh, I'll play wherever they need me to play but he is having so much fun in that attacking midfield and, and what he's doing for our team right now is exactly what we needed him to do. Um, you know, I think this, so let's seg into some of the, some of the fun facts that I have about the game and the, the notable stats and it might as well start with Indiana Vasilev. Um, Indiana Vasilev, he scored a brace. It's he's now the third St. Louis city SC player to record a multi-goal game across all competitions. So he's in that elite level. And Vasilev is also the second city player to record a multi-goal game in MLS, being Klaus being the other one. 
So high, high level, high competition or high uh, camaraderie there alongside Vasilev and what his performance was. And after that, I mean, there's just a lot of really exciting facts to talk about. One of them being Roman Berkey. But before we get into Berkey and the rest of the the facts of the game, let's take a let's take a look at what Berkey did. So you mentioned the the save on Polito that kind of sparked our attacking run right before our first goal. I had noted two other massive saves, one in the 74th minute off of Johnny Russell after that that play I mentioned earlier. They worked the ball into the channels and they got it back to Johnny Russell who was kind of sitting back in the, the top of the 18-yard box and it was a perfect save from Berkey. And then the 85th minute, that to me was the best save sequence of the entire night where we almost had an own goal situation. I think it was Lucas Bartlett almost put the ball in the net in trying to clear the ball from the box. But after a couple, uh, couple attempted shots, after the ball was popped around a little bit, Berkey had just another absolutely massive up close save that told me he earned his clean sheet. Like I didn't want to, I was so close to putting out like Berkey deserves a clean sheet during the game, but absolutely did not want to spoil it. Did not want to eat it <laughs> yeah. into the world. So yeah. I'm, I'm so proud and so glad that he was able to secure his clean sheet. But yeah, that, that save, uh, to secure that clean sheet. Um, and he was so excited after he made that save. You can tell he, he wanted to have that clean sheet is it has, it has been a while and, um, it's great. And we, I think, I don't know how many times I say this, but he's showing that he's worth all the money the club is paying him and, and proving everybody wrong that it's a good investment by the club. Well said, absolutely. So let's get through these facts. Let's look where we stand and then let's get out of here, Santi. So Roman Berkey recorded his third clean sheet of the season with six saves on the night. Berkey now has five MLS games with five or more saves, tying him with Georgie Petrovic and Brad Stover for the most in MLS. And then on the attacking side, with two assists tonight, Jared Stroud became the fourth City SC player to record a multi-assist game across all competitions. Stroud is also the third City player to record a multi-assist game in MLS, with Leuven and Klaus being the others. And Stroud himself had five key passes, which sets a new single-game high for City. So the key passes being those, obviously, that lead to a a goal-scoring opportunity, lead to a shot. Stroud being one of those key players in the midfield to make those runs happen. We talked about Indiana Vasilev. Let's talk about City as a team. City SC remains undefeated in MLS action when they score the first goal. We are 5-0-1 when we score first. And obviously, when you Bradley Carnell's mentioned it. When you score first, it's easier to play your style. You don't have to have teams drop in a low block. This, more than anything, highlights the importance of that. And then the last stat I have is for the team, City SC has scored at least three goals in every home win this season. 3-1 to against Charlotte. 3 nothing against San Jose, 5-1 FC Cincinnati, now 4 nothing Sporting Kansas City. And Carnell mentioned that he said in his postgame, we have to utilize the home field advantage. He said, I mean, tonight gives me goosebumps down my spine, just the type of atmosphere when you walk out here and you just see what receives us, what the reception is. It's incredible. Carnell said he's grateful for everyone who came out, happy that the boys responded in a certain way, and that they took the almost they took it almost personal. They took it personal in what it means to St. Louis and what it means to every individual who works for this club. Very grateful for that. I love hearing the acknowledgement and kind of now that the game is behind them, the willingness to be upfront with the fans and say, We heard you. We hear you. We are your team. We're doing what you want us to do. That's great. That's great. It's great to see um, that the team, um, they didn't show it or they didn't say it, but you can tell that 
they took this game as a different game, as a meaningful game. They knew how much it meant for the fans and for everybody involved with the team. So it's great to see that response and um, so many goals. And round one is over. Um, looking forward to the two games in September. And the last note before we get into where the teams go from here, Johnny Klein. Can't go without mentioning Johnny Klein. The second round, first first pick in the second round of the Super Draft, City 2 signing, scoring goals like crazy for City 2 now, and made his MLS debut in his short-term loan from City 2. Johnny Klein came in at the 79th minute from Eddie Leuven and had a few moments, was able to put some touches on the ball. It was one of the heartwarming stories of the night, not just from the gravity of the St. Louis, Kansas city matchup, but just seeing Johnny Klein given that opportunity able to, to present in the game, even after we had the game in hand, that was one of those special moments that Bradley Carnell likes to give players who have earned it, but it's also personal or meaningful in specific games, such as AZL Jackson against Minnesota, um, such as some of those other times where players play their former team, Stroud with Austin type of a thing. That was awesome to see. And kudos and congratulations to Johnny Klein for making his MLS debut. Yeah, great. I love that he, he made his debut, that he was able to, to earn training time and to earn this short-term loan and make his debut. It was really special to see Two St. Louis guys on the sidelines, Miguel Perez, oh. Johnny Klein, getting ready to go in. That was amazing to see. 78th, 79th minute, respectively, Perez and Klein. That was, it's St. Louis youth uh, realizing the potential, realizing the dream of having this top tier team that they can work their way up to and, and make debuts and, and really make themselves and their families and friends proud. That's incredible. All right, Santi, let's wrap it up with where the teams go from here. Sporting Kansas City having lost and been, uh, let's say, embarrassed in St. Louis, <laughs> remains in 13th place with 10 points, and they fall to 2, 8, and 4 on the year. St. Louis, meanwhile, rises back up to third place in the West. We improved to 7, 4, and 1. Seven wins, four losses, one draw with 22 points. We are now tied with FC Dallas for third place, but we have the tiebreaker in goals scored, and this puts us one point off of Seattle with two games in hand on Seattle, and three points off LAFC, who we are even on games with. And the next time St. Louis and Kansas City meet will be Labor Day weekend, where we will begin the first of two matches in September. So a nice break from sporting. Let let all the, the heatedness settle down a little bit. Let's get back to, uh, back to business against some of these other Western Conference teams like Vancouver next weekend. But we'll see sporting Kansas City after League's Cup. Likely a vastly different circumstance for both teams. So we'll see where we sit then. But for now, Santi, I'm just I'm just happy. I'm excited. What a game. What a performance. Just what a time to be a soccer fan in St. Louis. Yeah. Just let's let's enjoy that moment uh, for the next few days. And now uh, the team will be ready for Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday. That's right. And we'll be back with you this Friday. We'll record on Thursday, as we usually do, for Flyover Footy that previews that and looks at whatever else happens this week. Uh, if, you, if you've enjoyed hearing us, we always appreciate uh, reviews and some comments on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. It helps us out greatly. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed us. My name is Matt Baker. This is Santiago Beltran for Flyover Footy's Fallout on our 4 nothing win against Sporting Kansas City. We'll talk to you later, St. Louis. Adios. Ciao, ciao.